This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1350 ESPN. Happy Friday to you. We are live following a baseball game that, listen, baseball <laughs> is the strangest sport in the world, all right? Because last week, last week, we had a game that was, it was a nine-inning game, right, right. on a Friday, and right. as we know, J.D., this show is at the mercy of Chicago Cubs baseball, because we are your home for Cubs baseball here in Des Moines. Sure. And last week, we had a normal baseball game. It was like six to five or whatever, some ninth-inning drama, if you remember, and we lost out on half the show. If you would have found me around 1.45 or 2 p.m., and you would have said, Mike, how are you feeling about the length of Wicket's World today on 1350 ESPN? <laughs> After a 40-minute first inning, I would have said, okay, well, I guess we're just going <laughs> to, we're not doing a show today. You know, we're, that's not happening. But in a 15-2 to two game, you don't get a lot of pitching changes. You don't get, you know, there's not a ton of strategy. It's just throw strikes. And if they make contact, they make contact. And the game, go, you know, it's at a quicker pace sometimes. Baseball is the strangest of all of the sports for that exact reason. So God bless the 45-minute first inning <laughs> and the Cubs getting all those runs. Because then after that, it was boom, yeah. boom, boom, bam. Boom. Even the other runs that were scored were with a home run. Yeah. I mean, hey, worked out well. Uh, Cubs beat the Brewers 15-2 to in game one. I think the Cubs have won four straight and five of six. How are your Brewers doing this year, by the way? They were red hot. You know, they had the best pitching staff in baseball. On paper? Going into this series. Okay. And gotcha. then they gave up 15. <laughs> so, so much for pitching. <laughs> my, my good friend Doug Russell, who I used to work with up in Milwaukee, one of the biggest baseball fans I know, he said to me, Mike... Baseball is a funny game. And I said, that's brilliant Just and accurate. It really is. Uh, we have a lot to get to. We're going to talk some Chiefs football coming up uh, with Pete Sweeney from arrowheadpride.com. We'll do that at 5 o'clock. Big news in the NFL. We're going to talk about it from our perspective. We're going to get Pete's perspective, the Chiefs' perspective, as they make a big trade just, what, uh, six days before the NFL draft to help out the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. But let's get to the last seven days in the world of sports with the week that was. This is the week that was. And the weekend that will be. This is Wicked's World on 1350 ESPN. What do you got for me, Mike? I, I'm not going to lie. Like, not a ton has happened locally in the last week here in Iowa. Um, some stuff has happened, for sure. You had last week was uh, the, the spring practice for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It was the first... The Saturday was the first spring practice and the only the first of the two that fans could go to Kinnick Stadium and they could actually watch Iowa play in person. It was the first time fans were allowed at Kinnick since November of 2019. Isn't that weird? Right. Like, that seems forever ago. It really does. You know? Yep. It, for obvious reasons. Right. Because of COVID and, and fans not being allowed to go uh, to football games last year, it, it, it makes total sense. But... I mean, all the reports, are, you can't take a ton out of spring. You really can't. Is that the most people that have showed up to a spring game in years? I don't know what Iowa's spring practice attendance usually is. I have no idea. They had 6,500, I think, yeah. something along those lines. In that, in that number, I guess, it was 930 in the morning in Iowa City. The weather was fine. It was a sunny day last Saturday. Uh, and you got, to go to see, you got to go see spring practice. You get another one. Your next chance is a week from tomorrow. If you want to go see Iowa play, 
Uh, you can. Every report I have heard from people like our, our good buddy Rob Howe over at HawkeyeNation.com, yep. they're excited about Spencer Petras in year two. They really are excited about Spencer Petras in year two, Tyrone Tracy Jr. at the wide receiver spot. And then you know where I was going to probably have a lot of good players? In the trenches. They usually just have good offensive linemen, good defensive linemen, and you can't take a ton out of spring. I just don't think you can take all that much out of a spring practice. They're not, they're not throwing the book at even no. their own team. They're not doing anything that's special. They're not doing the, I don't even think they're probably, they're probably running a very generic playbook. If you they're know, even running plays. It's like, just go yeah. out there and do this and do whatever, yeah. you know? You know, what do they call that uh, backyard football? Yeah. You know? Like Brett Favre drawing it up in the sand and just yep. get out there and do whatever. I mean, you, you, this is where... What's a nickel? What's interesting is, is for spring practice, whether it's Iowa or whomever, you know, last year in spring, the freshmen didn't get a spring because of COVID, especially with how strict the Big Ten was with everything in Iowa, shutting everything down so early. So I, I always talk about in the preseason of the NFL how, you know, week one and two, because the starters don't generally pl- generally play in a normal preseason in the NFL, week one and two, you don't really know all that much how good your team is until you get to, like, week four because that's just the way things are. They t- the offense, the defense, everybody has to come, you know, come together. And since your starters only like two quarters of the mm-hmm. preseason, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, your boy Cousins, they're not playing more than the third game of a preseason anyway. And I know with the new preseason, we lose out on two games, and I'm cool with that. But with college, when you don't have spring, and again, you're like you said, they're not throwing everything at each other. They're getting to about that much of the playbook. But you get young guys used to stuff. That's the most important part is young guys, freshmen, and this year, a lot of the sophomores mm-hmm. and red shirts who didn't have a spring last year, regardless of, of school, that's what the spring is really for. The speed of the game is what they're trying to teach these kids coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Is If you talk to anybody who's played at every single level, even if you've just played it at a, uh, you know, you're not a superstar. Yeah. If you talk to anybody who's played at every level, they will tell you the difference between uh, high school speed to college speed is that much? I mean, a lot. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're going from college to the NFL. There's a reason that the amount of people that are actually playing in the NFL is very few. Yes. Because they can yeah. play and adapt to that type of speed. They mm-hmm. are all fast, fast, fast. Yeah. So that, to me, is huge. You come from high school. I mean, did you play high school football? Look at me. Okay. Well, doesn't mean you I didn't. Ca- I called high school football. All right. On the radio. All right. <laughs> you were a man in training. All right. I was on my high school radio station. Right. I played, and look at me. All right. Yeah. I played, and I was a nurse. You're a physical I was a- specimen, J.D. <laughs> Not. I played nose tackle. I was over the center. What size were you then? I will tell you, I was 5'9", oh my 170 Lord. pounds at best. And you were a nose year. tackle? I was fast. And that's what they liked about me, is I could get by the center. Are you still yeah. fast? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I but know. I, you know, I, I remember uh, David Frischlowitz was our center, and I went up against him every day in practice. And he used to tell me he would prefer to have John Voigt, who was like 10 times bigger than me. John Voigt, the actor? You no, know, that guy too. Okay. Yeah. I, sure, like, sure, why not? You yeah. had John Voigt? Yeah. You're older than I thought, J.D. <laughs> I thought you were a young man. We'll go to not, high school of John Voigt. Not that John oh, Voigt. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Uh, John Voigt was like two times bigger than I was. I wish I had his size with my speed. Sure. You know, and, and I bet he wishes 
that he had your speed with his size. He would never admit that just because John Voight would never do that. Mm -hmm. That's the type of guy he is. But anyway, uh, he said, I would much rather go up against him because he had, I, I had time to prepare for what John was going to bring. He says, with you, you'd hit me so fast mm -hmm. that he goes, and, and you hit me hard every day in practice. That was like the ultimate compliment you can get. So for me, the, the, the speed of the game is what those kids are learning from high school to college, and it's a big, big difference. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah and, and these guys, uh, you know, they're just trying to get, and especially not having, I mean, think about Iowa's season last year. They started out, well, they don't have spring. Nobody knows if the season's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like every other Big Ten school, the season starts late. Uh, they start out 0-2. Then they win six in a row. And Spencer Petras finishes, I think, third in the Big Ten in passing yards. He actually really started figuring things out after those first two weeks. And then they don't get Michigan because Michigan got shut down by COVID. Mm -hmm. Then they don't get Missouri in the bowl game because they got shut down by COVID. And then the season's over. And that's it. It was just weird. What a, I mean, it was weird for everybody. It was, Iowa State was one of the only schools, maybe the only school that played 11 games or 12 mm -hmm. games or didn't miss. I, I don't know what the stat is on that. But... Uh, yeah, it was it, it was a it was a strange year for college football. Things are starting, hopefully, you know, to get back in the normal, I guess. And and, and the thing is, I know you're talking about the getting back in the normal, but do you know that like when you and I are decrepit old people, we are, we are, <laughs> we are. Um, especially you since I'm you just, 40 now, you just man. turned the big just... four. Oh, uh, it happened on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but we're going to be looking at this in the history books. This will stand out as probably one of the worst years for sports, but also one of the better years because there'll be so many different things that happened due to the COVID. I think people are... I, I saw a stat, and we could talk more about this, but somewhere, I know MLB.TV, so the online stream, like MLB's online stream, is setting record numbers for people streaming baseball. And I thought, that's interesting. But if you are in a market where Fox Sports went away and Bally Sports has taken over. If you're unfamiliar, Bally Sports has taken over and they've been ripped off certain streaming and cable outlets. Fans are struggling to find their game in some markets. I know it happens in Kansas City. I know it's happening in Milwaukee. I know it's happening in Boston. Fans are, are at times, they can't tr find their games in traditional ways so I'm like, wow, MLB.TV is doing really well. Mm -hmm. But what are the cable numbers? It's very, very strange. And I feel like part of me wonders to what you're saying, are fans going to flock back to sports the way? Because baseball was weird last year, 60 games, no fans. It was, it was, it was different. Basket, the NBA was in the bubble. The NFL had no fans till the playoffs. Most stadiums had very limited, if not zero fans. Sure. So it's, it, I think it's just such an interesting dynamic we're about to watch play out from, you know, the rest of the NBA season to baseball. I mean, the Wrigley Field had 10,000 fans or something mm -hmm. along those lines. That's all they're allowed. I know Texas says, bring on your 40,000-seat stadium, fill it up, whatever. But it's just an interesting, since there's nothing uniform, it'll be interesting to see how fans flock back to games and watching games on TV you know, will we ever be... I know some people are just done with sports because of wokeness or whatever, but this is an interesting transition period we're in right now. Yes, it is. To see where everybody's going to wind up. Here's a question for yeah. you. Is there another sport out there that people are able to watch now continuously 
that due to the COVID, they've been able to pay attention to more. And it's, that sport is going to be able to gain some headway in, in the fan, in fandom compared I don't know. to some of the others. I'm that not maybe sure. Maybe we weren't like, I, I got to tell you, I was excited watching professional bowling one night. Okay. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is they got some they got some crazy guys on there. The guys, I mean, they, like I know Pete Weber. Like I, I'm not going to claim to know bowling, but I know some of the names like Pete Weber and company and and whatnot. I don't know if bowling's going to be. I'm trying to think. Is there anything that I watch more now? I watch a lot less of everything now. Sure. Well, but you, it has. You have other reasons right. for that. It has nothing to do with my disdain or lack of appreciation for sports. It's just that I don't have time to do it. So, like, I watched the NBA last night. I would I'll probably watch some Major League Baseball over the weekend. You know, part of this segment is the weekend that is. There's nothing grabbing me and drawing me in. No. Um, you know, we talked about the Masters a, a little while back. I like the Masters. I don't love golf. I like the Majors. Uh, no Tiger really hurts the ratings for a lot of people. I don't think Hideki Matsuyama does a lot for a lot of people. That, I, what I you know, like that, about the Masters, though, is they do have that world appeal now that maybe they didn't have before. Sure. So maybe that turns something. I don't, we were talking about that lacking something. I, I mean, I, sports in general to me, I mean, it's just, it, to me, like, I think we talked a little bit about this off the air last year. Sports talk right now, I don't think you have a ton of baseball talk. Mm-mm. It's spring. Teams are, you know, going through this, you know, first month of the season. But baseball talk doesn't. I mean, it's it's a football country. This is a football format. We're going to talk about the Chiefs and a trade they made for a tackle coming up with uh, Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com in eight minutes. He's going to join us. And and we're a week away from the draft. Like, that's all that anybody's really talking about. You listen to ESPN here on 1350 with Greeny and the three guys in the morning and, and Kellerman. They're talking NFL draft. They're talking NBA. Which, by the way, did that happen on Thursday, I heard, this past no, Thursday? No, it's actually next week. <laughs> I screwed that up on laser. <laughs> I do mornings on laser, and I was so excited to talk about the draft that I'm like, man. Somebody's not used to waking up early. No, I feel like a complete <laughs> moron, but, you know. Uh, I will tell you, I didn't hear that. Oh, God. But I was tipped off to that before I came into work oh, this good, morning. Oh, good, good. And good. I said, well, you know I'm going to play that. And they went, well, that's why we told you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I own it. I, I screwed that. No, I was, that's all right. I, I don't know what date it is. <laughs> I think being a stay-at-home father has really ruined my ability to grasp time. I thought that the draft was going to be like two and a half weeks ago. I was uh, talking to somebody and say, what, what is the draft anyway? It's not, to me, there are certain things that I like about the draft. I love the finagling that goes on, uh, the trades. You get excited about it. But then there are names that really aren't going to have an instant impact outside of maybe a few. Well, no, I mean, you're, you're building for the future, and everybody sure. can be... And I was talking with, with Heather Lee on, on Laser about this. Why do people like the draft? I said, because I could never play linebacker, but I can play general manager. Sure you can. I can play... I watched him on Saturdays, and I think he can play on Sundays. I can't do it, you know? I'm not 6'2 and 260 and uh, an Adonis. I'm a guy behind a microphone who's made a career out of doing this. And I watch football, and I don't know as much... As, as GMs, I don't know more than if you're listening to me in your car, if you're listening to us at home or at work, I don't know more than you do. Right. I just got a job doing this. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I never think that I know more than anybody who is listening. I just have the ability to yell and scream and speak about my opinion. I'll share a quick story with you. Yeah. There was a guy that I know. Uh, I'll call him Mark. A uh, huge football fan. Always thinks, he says, I always thought I knew everything about football and 
boy, I could have been great at this or whatever. Yeah. He was invited to go to the Vikings and Denver game a couple of years back. Okay. Uh, he had a connection with a buddy of his. He was a Viking fan, but they, they got into the Denver locker room. Oh. And he goes, well, I'm a Viking fan, but that's kind of cool. So they went into the locker room. Was he allowed to be in there? He was allowed to be in there. They gave him a pass because the person that he's with, Dad, was a big media guy in Denver. Okay. So they had that connection. They used it, and he was able to go in and meet some folks. Well, anyway, he walks in there, and he goes, J.D., all I will tell you is they are more man than me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. At least he came to realize that. That's cool. He goes, if anybody thinks of average size in all proportions of themselves, he says, of average size, that they could play that game at that level, mm-hmm. let me let them walk into that locker room and they will change their mind in a hurry. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's the week that will be. We'll definitely get into the draft coming up next week. Uh, we'll be looking back at day number one. A couple of Iowa basketball notes. C.J. Frederick, uh, he is entering the transfer portal. There were rumors back in January he was going to wind up in Kentucky this year because that's where he's from. So that's another hit to Fran McCaffrey's team. They did get a bonus yesterday. They got somebody out of the transfer portal, a six foot nine uh, European center named Philip Rebracha mm-hmm. from North Dakota, uh, who averaged seventeen and seven. Was all whatever conference that is second team last year. So he's getting a little bit of size. And that Riley Mulvey kid uh, officially signed his letter of intent. Uh, the the kid who reclassified from New York. So. You thought Fran was angry then. He's probably really angry. He's happy year. now. He gets yeah. a he gets a six nine stretch forward. Yeah, you know. He gets Philip Rabracha. But is he... Start getting your final... Get your final four is ready. Is he the next Luca Garza? Uh, no. I didn't no. think so. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. All right, coming up, uh, we will talk with Pete Sweeney from arrowheadpride.com. The Chiefs made a very big trade like three hours ago uh, to add a major piece. I can't for the life of me understand why the team they traded with made this move. Joining us right now from arrowheadpride.com, he is my good friend Pete Sweeney. Pete, how are you, my friend? Uh, big move by the Chiefs today. Yes, a, a substantial move, really. Uh, by the way, you had just said the football season is, is coming up. I mean, I, at this point, it really does feel like the football season just never ends. I mean, yeah. it's just like a 52-week uh, type of deal because you're able to see just different moves made, and there's always a reason to seemingly get excited with the NFL draft coming up. I was pretty stunned by this move. I, I had been asked about Orlando Brown because there had been the whole situation with him having a desire to play left tackle and they have Ronnie Stanley on the team and so they were wanting him to play right tackle and he wanted to be back at that position. So there were trade discussions and, and that came out a while ago back in, in March. But I just never thought in a million years the Baltimore Ravens would trade a player to help the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I mean, this is a team that you have to beat in order to get to the Super Bowl, and this was a major problem for Kansas City. And in a sense, yes, there was compensation given back to the Ravens, but they more or less solved it. And now you really look at the Chiefs' offensive line, and, and it feels like a strength. I don't understand the move exactly from what you're, you're talking about. And if you miss the entire trade, the Ravens are getting three picks. They get... Kansas City's number one, Kansas City's third rounder, Kansas City's fourth rounder, and a fifth rounder in next year's draft. And then they're not only, by the way, not only is Kansas City getting back a starting left tackle, they're also getting a second round pick. Like, what, what was, is Baltimore drunk? 
<laughs> that's what's so strange to me. And like, it, it does give you pause, right? Like you're thinking, you know, what is going on with Brown? Was there just a lack of interest? Uh, is, is he the type of player that was only going to, to play for a certain team uh, for keeping that last year of his rookie deal? Was he saying to the Ravens, uh, if I'm going to be traded to certain teams, I'm going to need an extension because information has come out that the Kansas City Chiefs probably are going to make him play on this final year of his rookie deal before potentially franchising him next year uh, and then trying to work out a deal maybe for what would be the 2023 season. But that's, that's a problem that's, that's further down along. So, yeah, we're trying to really figure out what, what went into this? Why would the Ravens in a million years do that? I, I think there was a major problem for Kansas City at left tackle. And I'll tell you, Mike, I mean, I know this from, from talking with people in the, the organization, the Chiefs were very much in on Trent Williams. I mean, that has even come to public light to an extent of, like, just how badly they wanted Trent. They were into the final hour. Uh, San Francisco ended up giving another guaranteed year to pay Trent when he's going to be uh, 36 years old. It's not something the Chiefs wanted to do uh, in that third year. And so ends up back in San Francisco. And I'll tell you, they, they didn't really love the other options. Like Villanueva was out there. They, they didn't love Villanueva from the Steelers, an uh, unrestricted free agent. They were going to kind of go with it uh, with what they had in-house. Uh, there were some other teams that they were talking to potentially about tackles. But Orlando Brown is a two-time pro bowler the last two years. And he's 24 years old. So not only are you solving their problem this year, but you're also solving it for potentially future years. I mean, this could be a left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, not only in in 2021, but this could be a five- or six-year guy that replaces Eric Fisher. Arrowheadpride.com's Pete Sweeney joining us on 1350 ESPN. I'm Mike Wicked here on Wicked's World. The big trade, Orlando Brown, goes from the Ravens to the Chiefs. And I want to back up to what you were talking about. All these other guys that they were in on, you know, at the tackle position, that screams of desperation. If I'm the Ravens and I am going to part with this piece and maybe he doesn't get along with management, maybe he said I'm just not going to wind up staying here long term, whatever. But if you're the Ravens, aren't you going to squeeze out more from the team that you're trading Orlando Brown to? It's, you know, I I think you nailed it and, and you, I think, hit my confusion as well. You wonder why the Chiefs were getting a second rounder back in this deal. Yeah, because that that means they're still getting those 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 two players. And and I actually asked Brett Beach about the draft on the conference call today, and he had said that he really thinks that there's a major fall off in the draft around the early third round, the mid two to the early three is where there's a lot of value. He believes, and you know where they can get. Uh, potential starters, and they want to be able to sit there, and and they made that a point to make sure that they had those two picks uh, in that round. They no longer have any any third rounders, but you're still coming out of day two with two second rounders, and and you know you you they had Juan Thornhill and McCole Hardman were both second rounders, and, and Juan Thornhill certainly a starter, McCole Hardman more of a role player, but he's helped the Kansas City Chiefs win a, a lot of games on offense as well, and so you can get some real players. Uh, in the second round, and so that to me uh, is what is really confusing about this is it did seem like that Kansas City right now um, won the deal. Uh, the tackle position was their clear target. It's hard for me to believe that they would have gotten a surefire starter at the tackle position by staying at number 31 and trying to draft a, a player there that maybe could compete on day one. I mean, we were looking, you know, you talk about five hours ago, we were thinking that Lucas Niang, who opted out 
of the 2020 season with the coronavirus stuff and was going to basically have his rookie year this year, we were penciling him in as the left tackle. And you go from uh, a big grand maybe, and really it was on display <laughs> in the Super Bowl just how poor the left side was and how Patrick Mahomes was running uh, for his life. And you're like, oh, th- th- this is the best we got to what is a Pro Bowl left tackle to go along with your all-pro left guard that you just signed. Uh, the center position, they have the starter in Austin Blythe from Los Angeles. There's plenty of options at right guard and Kyle Long coming out of retirement and LDT coming back in the mix. And then you have Mike Remmers on the right side and maybe Lucas Yang can compete. And if he's not ready, Remmers was fine for you at right tackle. So really, you go from the greatest problem, uh, a really weak part of your team along the offensive line, to uh, what might be one of the better offensive lines in the AFC. Does Baltimore know Kansas City is in the same conference? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was thinking back, and I, I, you know, I know that Harbo, John Harbo, comes from the, the Andy Reid tree, uh, but uh, this seems awfully generous even to, to try to uh, give your mentor a, a, a player that you desperately, desperately need. Hey, Pete, J.D. here. Uh, I got a question for you. How did this turn around so quickly for Kansas City? Because I had been reading reports of, uh, I mean, even the the team to the north, the Vikings, going after Orlando Brown in a big trade. How did this turn so quickly? Was just Kansas City being quiet and and just all of a sudden, boom, they they jumped on it as soon as they could? I mean, how how did this all come about? Seems like it it was, uh, yeah, there was a a bit of of working in the shadows. And I, I tend to think that maybe... Uh, the teams out there were unwilling to send what is a first-rounder um, to the, the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, my counter of that is this, is like, okay, so you have a, a team that is not going to send a first-rounder, maybe the Minnesota Vikings, because they're uh, picking earlier, or, you know, they don't want to part with future first-rounders when you're not really sure how you're going to finish. But the, the number 31 pick, I mean, you're basically at number 33 when you're at 31. I mean, it could just as easily be... Uh, a second rounder and so um i think you know there's so much uncertainty at any position when you're taking someone at, at number 31 and so that to me is why i think it's a, a big w for kansas city uh is the fact okay um you know you're you're getting rid of that pick and now you have a definite starter there who's going to be good for you and what the baltimore ravens probably look at it is like look uh orlando brown is not going to play for us anyway he has no desire to play the left tackle or i should say the right tackle position uh, so let's get a first rounder for him, and and it worked uh, out. I I just think you have to always look at okay, we need to beat the Chiefs if we're ever going yes. to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now Patrick Mahomes, the only game where he's ever really looked human, and the only game in three years. And if you want to add that fourth fourth uh, year in, because he played that one game in Week 17, so four years of his career, three years as a starter. There's been one game where he's lost by more than eight points, more than one possession, and that was the Super Bowl when he was running for his life. He finally looked human, and one of your greatest AFC rivals, if not your greatest AFC rival, you've now fixed their problem. You've now helped it. Of course, you get some compensation in return, but I was talking to a colleague today. You'd almost be better off trading Brown, in my opinion, to a fellow AFC North team, even if you got to play him twice a year. The Chiefs are always going to the Chiefs are always going to be there. I mean, they have the quarterback in place. You know, I, I very, very, very baffling for me. Um, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. The Chiefs and, and Ravens are, are slated to play in the 2021 season. Do you see him? He's on his rookie deal. They can franchise him next year. Do you see Orlando Brown long term in Kansas City, or in two years? 
Pete, you're more of a capologist than I am, and I know the cap's <laughs> going to explode, but they're going to have to start paying Mahomes that half a billion dollar deal soon. Will they have money for everybody? Yeah, well, the the tendency it has been, and it's going to have to be on a player by player basis, but the tendency has been for um, these guys that are more so the veterans to take somewhat of discounts or like do certain things. Chris Jones was on his first new big contract, and the thing that he did is is he didn't end up, I believe, taking any kind of um, signing bonus, and so that that helped out. So. You know, if you you win, it's a lot easier to do that when you win, and it, it, it's more easy to do that, I think, with veteran players. So I'm thinking maybe Tyron Matthew, who is due to sign potentially a contract extension in the next couple of months, if not, maybe uh, if they. If I, I don't know if they'll do this, but I, I could I could see them maybe coming to an agreement after this year. Um, if you if I'm betting on it, I, I bet you they get it done before this year begins. Uh, but that could free up some cap for you, and I think. Uh, from the rumblings that you're seeing come out at a national level with these national newsbreakers of NFL Networks and, and ESPN, the, the plan right now is to have Brown play out this final year of his rookie deal. Like I said, who knows how that might have played a, a, a role in, in getting him to Kansas City. Then you have an option for a franchise tag, which would be around $16 million for the one year. You could do that for 2022, and then 2023 the cap is supposed to open up. And Patrick Mahomes seems more than willing to work on different things. I know the guarantee mechanisms is something that we had thrown out there where you can really work with his contract to free up money at different points. And at that point, maybe Brown gets his deal. I mean, I, I think we finally realized in the Super Bowl that even Patrick Mahomes is only as good as the time that he, you're going to give him. If he's getting no seconds of protection, uh, he's just like anybody else. And, and that was a, a harsh reality that the Chiefs learned because of injury. And so I think protecting, uh, especially at the tackle position, so you have a left tackle, who knows if, if Lucas Niang is that guy for you, but you get protection from Mahomes and you could be there each and every year. Scary. Absolutely scary. Pete, thank you so much, man. Appreciate the time. Uh, continued success and joy. There is no offseason for you guys at ArrowheadPride.com. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, uh, I'll bother you again when we get closer to uh, the start of uh, Chiefs training camp. Sounds good, Mike. Happy to talk to you. Thank you very much. Pete Sweeney on Twitter at PG Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief at ArrowheadPride.com, the best Chiefs website out there. If you're a Chiefs fan, you need to get over to ArrowheadPride.com. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably already there. So I'm gonna What are you holding up? up? <laughs> I'm going to hold this okay. up before you go to break you got here. a whiteboard here. I, I've got a whiteboard, and I'm holding this up right now. This yep. is the Chiefs line right now. One thing, and if uh, Pete mentioned Joe, uh, I missed it. Dooney. Thuney, Joe Thuney. Dude, the dude from Buffalo. I mean, he was like the best the guard in biggest, football. They signed him. Yeah, this was the biggest signing for them in the offseason, and I thought, wow, okay, that that, that helped them a lot because they get Fisher back, yep. right? Well, so, I, did they get, I think, did they get rid of Fisher? Mm, good question. I thought that they had one I'll guy coming back from injury. Either way, look at it this way. Joe Thuney. He's gone. Kyle Long. Okay. Yeah, he's gone. Joe Thuney, Kyle Long, Orlando Brown. Just those three along the offensive line. You not only just built with bricks, you put extra mortar in there. And they, they brought back, do you remember the dude who went to go be a doctor in Canada, uh, Duvernay Tarnif? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was on the team. He was a starter on the offensive line when they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Right. He's kinda, he, went, he took the year off to go fight COVID in Canada. I believe he's coming back. He'll be a starter. Mike Remmers, and Pete mentioned Mike yep. Remmers. He yep. played up in Minnesota, so mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with his game. Yeah, That's a darn good offensive lineman in his own right. He's not a superstar, but he's, he's golden as backup. You can put him anywhere on the line. Man. I mean, I'm, I'm reading right now from uh, one of the local TV stations down in Kansas City. I'm just reading, reading it right here. The Chiefs have not ruled out a reunion with Eric Fisher. 
Nice backup to have, former number one overall pick who was on your two Super Bowl teams. Yeah. <laughs> what are the Ravens thinking? We talk about that coming up next. R.I.P. Shock G. His name's not Humpty, but he was the lead singer of Digital Underground. He passed away. He's 57? Is that right? Something like that. Do they say what he passed away from? I don't know. That's a good question. I should have done some uh, show prep. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do that. No. I don't know what he died. We do sports, not music. Yeah, exactly. Uh, happy Friday to you here on 1350 ESPN. I'm Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. That is J.D. Justice. And we are talking about the uh, NFL big trade that happened today. And that is Orlando Brown going from the Baltimore Ravens to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and I'm, I'm reading all these things. And from the, from the, the Chiefs' perspective, it makes great it makes perfect sense. I mean, you watched the Super Bowl. You saw how bad the offensive line was. They got hammered by, by Tampa Bay. Now, they had to give up this year's first-round pick at 31, uh, a third-round pick at 94, a fourth-round pick this year in, at 136, and a 2022 fifth-rounder. All that really matters is that first-round pick. And, and, and I will tell you, from Kansas City's spot, they're not going to get anybody better at no. 31 than Orlando Brown. Well, Pete said it best. He says 31 is basically 33. Yeah. 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 No big deal. But not only does Kansas City get Orlando Brown, they get 58. They get a second-round pick. So they get basically an all-pro tackle at 31. Then they get 58. I, I don't. It, it, this makes complete sense for Kansas City. Sure. Absolutely. What is Baltimore doing? The only thing that I can think of is they're using these as trade chips. Well, yeah, now they have two first-round picks. They have 27 and they have 31. So you've got two picks in the bottom half of the draft that you're going to trade out. You can move maybe, up. Uh, yeah, you can move up. You can move up. Yeah, you could uh, potentially move back and garner more picks in the second round. I mean, they need weapons. Yeah. You watch that offense. It's their tight end, Mark Andrews. Hollywood Brown played well the, the end of the year at the wide receiver spot, but they need weapons. they got to find a way to get one of these wide receivers in this year's draft, and it's another good year for wide receivers. So if you're Baltimore, you're using, I think you're using at least one of those two picks, if not more, to try to move up and add a weapon for your quarterback, who, by the way, they tried to keep Lamar more in the pocket this year. Mm-hmm. You remember the kind of season Lamar Jackson had last year? Well, he proved, uh, you said this, these are your words. What's okay? that? He can't throw the he ball. He can't throw! He you cannot know, throw! He's a, he's a monster with his leg. He's tremendous. But that doesn't mean you're going to have a very long NFL career. And when Lamar's in open space, I asked somebody this. I was having a conversation with somebody. If you're a safety, who would you rather see bust out of the, come out of the backfield? Derrick Henry or Lamar Jackson? Who do you have a better chance at stopping? I, I mean, they do two different things completely, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you have a better chance at stopping Derrick Henry than you do Lamar Jackson. I would agree. Because you can just, maybe you get in his way. <laughs> you know, maybe you just hold on and bear hug him for dear life. I know he's probably going to stiff arm you like he did all those guys on TV. But I think if you can get in front of Derrick Henry... He'll bowl you over. Maybe he stubs his toe. There aren't many guys out there that can catch Lamar Jackson. 
He's a tremendous runner. But you just traded away your tackle, your insurance policy, for when the left tackle went down, when Ronnie Stanley went down last year. Orlando Brown slid over and played great. Now you got rid of your insurance policy. You got rid of your tackle. Now he doesn't want to play right tackle. He wants to play left tackle. Okay, that's fine. You, you, I understand that. I get it. But if you're Baltimore, aren't you trying to squeeze more than a late first rounder? You also get a third and fourth and whatnot. But aren't you holding out for the best? Maybe this was the best option, but aren't you holding out for more? Maybe. So, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I guess if, it, if you have an unhappy player and they're, they signed or they're going to sign, uh, they're going to sign Alejandro Villanueva, the longtime Pittsburgh Steeler. He's 33, though, so, I mean, that's, you know, it's now no spring chicken there over at tackle, but he should be serviceable. should be fine. should be a safe play over at right tackle. But if you have a guy who is unhappy in Orlando Brown, isn't it probably good to move on from him before it becomes a thing? Yeah, but don't you think you shouldn't have to give anything up other than the player? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm just baffled. Why'd they have to throw in the second rounder to Take sweeten him. the deal? Take him, please. I agree with you. It makes no sense to me. I mean, I'm looking right now. CBS Sports gives the uh, Chiefs side of the trade a B plus. That's it? A B plus. I would have given them an A plus. <laughs> I, they win. They gave Period. Baltimore an A plus. Why? Uh, it's a long explanation, but I'm going to tell you uh, this tra- what this trade did for Baltimore is turn an expendable asset into draft flexibility, which, which is exactly what clubs want at this time of year. The addition of the first, along with multiple selections on day two and three, completely opens up the board for Baltimore. That's what CBS Sports writes. And I understand it. Like, I, I put this out on Twitter. If you look at assets, it's an even trade, I think. Just assets. You trade a tackle and a pick. You get back a bunch of picks. Like, I can see why that would be an even trade. Sure. But back to the original point, we were just talking to Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com. Why are you helping Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback on the planet? Are you hoping that something goes terribly awry? Because it's not. Why are you helping Mahomes, the Chiefs, a a conference rival in the AFC? I mean, this would be like if, uh, you know, if, if the Seattle Seahawks traded D.K. Metcalf to the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) Why would you help out that team? Right. You know what's happening right now? I can guarantee you this. Patrick Mahomes is gathering Joe Thune, Kyle Long. They're getting in a a stretch limo. Yeah. And they said, okay, we didn't win the Super Bowl this year, guys, but let me tell you something. We're going down. I'm called Orlando. We're going to go pick him up. Yeah. In a Humvee limo. We're escorting Orlando es- Brown to Arrowhead. We're not flying him. We want to get him home in one piece. Let's um, get him in here. We'll party all the way. Patrick Mahomes continues to have the greatest life in the world. The he great, is. I mean, he went from Super Bowl to Super Bowl. He won an MVP in there. He got engaged. He had a baby to his beautiful fitness model wife. Now he gets a tackle and a guard in the offseason. I mean... Who's smiling more than Patrick Mahomes nobody. right now? Nobody! Well, Tom Brady. Brady won. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Brady won. <laughs> they got into a bit of a Twitter battle over this week. I don't know if you saw that. I, I missed that. What happened? Uh, somebody talking about, basically, 
actions speak louder than words, Brady said, and Mahomes said, I guess we'll find out in 20 years or something. People were making bigger deals of it than it actually was. They were having fun with each other. Everybody was jumping on it. But I don't understand why in the world an NFL team would be like, hey, let's trade. We watched what happened in the Super Bowl. We know where the Chiefs struggle. Let's help them out. Why would you do that? Somebody's friends with somebody in that organization. It's the only thing I can think I mean, of. How, and it, it goes back to the question of what's wrong with Orlando Brown. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. What, what is wrong with this guy, with this tackle? Is he a, a, a clubhouse cancer? Can he not get along with management? Does he not get along with the head coach? Uh, other than he didn't want to play right tackle. I don't understand it. Who does who does Baltimore have at left tackle? Uh, Ronnie Stanley, great player. Okay, great player. Got hurt last year, and they had to slide Orlando Brown over. You know how many sacks he gave up in 389 snaps at that position? How many? Zero. Well, gee, I wonder why he wants to play left tackle. I mean, he's really good. I mean, it's a nice problem to have if you're the Baltimore Ravens to have two stellar tackles. You make more money playing left tackle mm. than you do playing right tackle. We are looking at a guy who, in two years. Because if, if you're the Chiefs, here's what I'm guessing, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I mentioned to Pete, you're going to be paying Patrick Mahomes an ungodly amount of money in two years. You're talking $40, $50 million a year. And I know the cap's going to get bigger than the 185 or whatever it is this year. It's going to be back well over $200 million, and you can afford it. Afford. Afford $50 million a year or whatever, $40 million a year or whatever. But my guess is that Kansas City's plan, and they won't say this on the record, but if you're the Chiefs, with that amount of money you're going to have to pay and whatnot, I'm guessing Kansas City looks at the next two seasons. They look at this year with with Orlando Brown on his rookie year, on his rookie deal, Mm -hmm. and they look at the following year when they can franchise him at left tackle and pay him $19 million a year, whatever the top three, the average of the top three left tackles is or however the the franchise tag is going to work at that point. Or you trade them. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you, you, you at least get two years out of this guy at left tackle. Sure. And you try to win two Super Bowls. So I, I feel, and then you start over, or maybe you groom or you draft. Maybe, you, maybe they take a tackle in the second round, and he's not the guy for two more seasons, or he's not the guy for another year. I think this is a two-year move made by the Chiefs. I don't think this is a long-term deal, and I don't think it's a long-term deal for Brown in Kansas City because they didn't even work out a contract before the trade. Now, I don't know how much cap room Kansas City has. I don't know what kind of flexibility they have over the next three years or whatever. But I don't think you make this move thinking long-term without a long-term contract. I think in two years, you're going to look at Orlando Brown, assuming he stays healthy and stays great, which he's 24. There's no reason to think that he's not going to be. Mm-mm. He will be looking at a $100 million contract. And I don't think if you're the Kansas City Chiefs with the amount of money that you're paying Mahomes, that you're probably going to wind up having to pay Tyreek Hill in a couple of years and Travis Kelsey's contract and all those guys, I don't think they're going to have the money to pay $30 million a year to a left tackle and $45 million a year to your quarterback. I, just, no. I don't think it's going to happen. Or 25 to your tackle or whatever, it's just not going to be possible. So I, I think your analogy is... Almost right on. I, I would agree with you on that. And watch, tomorrow they announce a seven-year contract, and I'm an idiot. It could totally be that, but it, do, it doesn't smell like a long-term contract or a long-term plan to me. I think it's a two-year deal, and then he's 26, and you've used him for two years. Maybe you win one Super Bowl. Maybe you win two Super Bowls. I think the Chiefs are the favorite. 
If you, if you look at Bovada or you know anybody, I think the Chiefs are the favorite going into this year. Right. Um, but I, but I give them that. I don't know if Tampa's the favorite. I, is is Brady ever going to slow down? I'm going to say and no. I, and I say really slow down because he's not what he was two years ago. But he's still great. We were all way off. Uh, we were I, all wrong about Brady. If I had the choice of Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I don't care if he gives me one there's, year. There's, oh, I, I mean, there's only like six quarterbacks I would take ahead of Brady. And I didn't think I'd say that a year ago. I'd take the kid in Kansas City. I'd take Mr. Rogers up in Green Bay. I'd still take Russell Wilson. Um, probably Josh Allen. Uh, do you think this was like a, think a flare of a year for Josh Allen in Buffalo, though? No, because he's gotten progressively better in his first three years. Uh, you're right. It's the Peyton Manning thing that we talked about yeah. last week. I yeah. don't I'm trying to think anybody. Uh, I'm not taking anybody in that division. I'm not taking Baker over Brady. I'm what not taking. What about the kid in Arizona, Kyler Murray? For one year, it's a good question. It's a really good question. He's, I'm gonna, he's solid, man. He's getting better. I'm gonna take Brady for one year. All right. I'm gonna take Brady for one more year. All right. Over Kyler Murray. I might regret that, but. <laughs> When, my, when Murray got hurt last year, late in the season, I think it was the Jets game, he got hurt late in the year. He had to walk off the field. He's not the same player if he can't run. When you're 5'10 at quarterback and you can run, you're dynamic. You can do a ton. And he's got a cannon for an arm. But when he can't run, he's not the threat. It's like Lamar. Mm-hmm. If Lamar ever slows down, psh, Lamar's not even a good quarterback <laughs> if he can't run. But his legs will make him special. Kyler Murray's legs make him special. Tom Brady has no legs. <laughs> Did you ever, watch his, you ever watch his 40 time from the combine back in 99? It looks like what you and I would look like running the 40. <laughs> and it just goes to show all your combine numbers and all your 40-yard dash time and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. I just always think Brady's been playing since Brett Favre played in the 90s. I, I, I forget he, that he's only... He, he was. He was a 99 draft pick. 199th draft pick. Yes. In 1999. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, I I think about that, and I think, God, the guy's been playing since, uh, you know, Bart Starr was quarterback. I graduated high school the year he he was drafted, and I just turned 40. (laughs) Wow. I graduated high school the year Brady got drafted, and my 40th birthday was three days ago. My last child was born. See? (laughs) You know. You know. Wow. (laughs) God, yeah, that's... That's where we're at right now. Speaking of which, I want to tell you about the coolest birthday gift ever oh, I that, that I got from my wife. Was this this little tip that I saw online? I, I saw something that you were hinting at online. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. That was something else. Yeah. That was your anniversary. Yes. Which different. Is coming up. Different. different. Okay, can't Man, wait. Man, I'm telling you, the first half of the year, I have, yeah, right after Christmas and New Year's, I've got my twins' birthdays are the, are the 6th of January. Mm-hmm. Wife's birthday is in January. I've got a nephew in January. We've got an aunt in January. The tw- uh, my oldest was born in January. Now my new work wife, Heather, over on Laser. Same birthday as my wife, so I won't forget it. Well, that's good. I know. Same, same day, same year, everything. Everything. February, I mean, the first half of the year is just so jam-packed. Mother's Day. Got my mother-in-law's birthday. My mom's birthday. My birthday. My anniversary is coming up. Once I get to Father's Day, I get a break until the holidays. Well, no. It's you nice. know, there's my birthday in August. When, is your birthday in August? Yeah. Now I don't even get a break. Sorry, man. But I have a, my wife got me the coolest gift. It is all sports. Just spit. 
It is all sports related. Thank God this glass is up between you and me. That and something else might fire here if you spit in the right direction. Uh, But it is a really, really cool sports related uh, gift that you got me. And I'll tell you about it coming up next. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. This is Wicket's World on Des Moines 1350 ESPN. It's been a rough week. Telling you if my uh, kids are watching this video and seeing me dance. Oh, yeah, to DMX? Yeah, they're probably saying, oh, my gosh, Dad, please stop. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's been a rough week for hip-hop. Uh, DMX died. Shock G, the leader, uh, lead singer from Digital Underground. You know the song, The Humpty Dance. Right. And then Black Rob, who was huge, uh, had a major hit with a song called Whoa, uh, also died. So a rough week for hip-hop to lose three big names like that. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Happy Friday to you. That's J.D. Justice on the other side here on 1350 ESPN. Thanks for watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. If you're not, make sure you like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. This show next week moves to noon on Fridays because I'm going full-time over on Laser FM 103.3 here in Des Moines doing mornings. He wants to make sure he gets home and gets his nap. I need a nap, J.D. You're darn right about that. Uh, so my show starts at 6 to 10. I'm going to be here, you know, at 5 o'clock or whatever. And then the 4 o'clock show is going to make my day very, very long. And I'm soft. And I do need my nap. You're 100% right. I love how you came in and asked me about that one day. What do you think of going to noon to 1? I'm like, well, I'm here anyway. Right, you're here. <laughs> I'm, uh, okay. And usually in the summertime, um, we've got Cubs baseball here on 1350. So instead of the threat of losing the show at the end, maybe not getting any show because of a long game or whatever, you know, we'll at least go from 12 to 1240. But noon to one Fridays starting next week, uh, we will be here. And, of course, you can podcast everything at ESPNDesMoines.com. So I turn 40 on Tuesday. It's a big milestone, my friend. When, and you are 51? 50... Yeah, I, mean, I, I turned 52, actually, this year. 52? In August. So I, I know it's August. Yeah. August what? 19th. August 19th. All right. That might be my mom's anniversary. Oh. I don't know. My, my dad... Okay, here, just to give you a crazy setup. August 9th is my brother. My dad's birthday is August 17th. His brother, Bob, my uncle, is August 18th. August is a busy month mm-hmm. for you. And I'm the 19th, and Man. my parents' anniversary was August 24th. So, like, my January is your August. Absolutely. January is so busy. <laughs> the good news is that now, no. Yeah. Just to, if, if you see me stressed in January, that's why. Well, I'm just going to buy extra Christmas gifts. I have give them to you five birthdays, and I, it's just ridiculous. So I turned 40. And uh, my, my, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and they brought their kids over to our house. And my wife, you know, we did all the presents and stuff. And then my wife's gift was last. And I'm like, okay. And so I open it, you know, size of like a sweater box that you would normally have. But it's very, very light. There's nothing in it or nothing substantial in it. So I open it up and she said, you have to take it off layer by layer. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I open the box up. And the top layer is tissue paper. And I open the box, or I take the, the tissue paper off. And it's a picture of my friend Zach printed on a piece of paper. And I'm like, all right, here's Zach. And I 
Take Zach's picture off and open up the layer of tissue paper, and there's a picture of my friend Dylan. Okay? These guys live in Kansas City. I'm not sure why I've got pictures of them. And then I do it again. It's my friend Brian, who lives up in uh, Milwaukee. We call him Kobe. And then one of my best friends, Eric, who lives in Milwaukee, my you know, good friend, my best man for my wedding, Josh. So I did this like five times in a row. And then underneath that, there's a certificate for a two-night stay at Prairie Meadows in Altoona in a suite on Kentucky Derby weekend. Oh! She got me a... She coordinated a guy's weekend for me and my, five of my best friends to go to Altoona. She's got a friend coming in to help with the babies. It's a guy's weekend, derby weekend. They open up horse racing at the track that Friday Ooh. at Prairie Meadows in Altoona. And I'm like, this is the best birthday gift ever. Mint juleps for everybody. Just whatever. Just no babies, no diapers. And horse racing, just betting on ponies, left and right. Careful when you go there. I told you how much money I lost last night. Were you there? I, w- I was. Did yeah. you? Oh. Yeah. What were you playing? Uh, obviously not the right machine. So I have a question. I haven't been to, I, to Prairie Meadows in a while. All right. And I believe they're a sponsor of ours. So I'm, I'm really excited. I made a reservation for AJ's Steakhouse for the Ooh. six of us. Fantastic. We're doing Derby... The, the horses run the big race next Saturday at 5.50. Our reservation is at 7 p.m. So if you're at AJ's Steakhouse next Saturday at Prairie Meadows and there is a table of six guys making too much noise, that's me. It's for my 40th birthday. Back I, say off. He- I say hello. <laughs> Back I off. say hello to you, oh. and I hope you enjoy your derby weekend. Are you... Are you a, a blackjack player, a poker player? Uh, what, I, I what does the floor look like at Prairie Meadows right now? Because I know there's probably some restrictions still due to COVID-19. Okay, here's something that I saw last night. First of all, uh, I heard one guy, he had a bunch of his buddies around him, and there was security there. Oh, God. And I'm thinking, mm, what am I walking into here? <laughs> Something's you know, super fun and entertaining. Not, not, only have <laughs> I, not only have I lost money, I'm about to get in the mix of a fight, and I don't want to. Uh, but no, was he actually, drunk and causing a ruckus. No, he was not happy with the amount of tables that were open. And I heard him say to the guy in security, he says, yeah. "Hey, get get your lead guy here." The lead guy walks up. And I was kind of watching this from a distance, and he goes, "Hey, look, we got guys here. There's six of us." He says, um, "He says we're bored. You guys look bored. What do you say we open up another table for us and help you make some money?" Oh. All of a sudden. I heard the guy go, you know what? That's a great idea. Great. So they opened another table up for these guys. Were they playing so, poker or blackjack? Or were they, you know. It, it looked like they were, they, they were Mahjong blackjack. Mahjong or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, is it Baccarat? Yeah, Baccarat. Okay. They've got a special area for Baccarat alone. Yeah, I don't play that. Okay. They also have blackjack. Okay. Uh, but I also know that um, it, it's not roulette, but. Uh, craps. The dice. Craps. Craps. The craps tables are pretty popular there. Okay. So you're, you know, you, you got a lot of choices if you like to play cards. I was a big card guy for the longest time, and then all of a sudden, I kind of got addicted to some of these games because they're fun. Yeah. The video games. They're loud, they, they're bright yeah. lights. Yeah. I love when they come and they say, oh, you know, when you get free games, you really need to watch this. Okay. It's really cool what happens. But what they're doing is trying to trick you into oh, yeah. keep putting more money in to of get the course. free games so you can watch this happen, and here they're sucking up your money. Listen, <laughs> listen. Casinos are big. Bi- Casinos make money for a reason. Uh, I mean, I've been to Las Vegas. 
that didn't happen because everybody wins. No. All right. <laughs> the Bellagio didn't explode because they give money away at the blackjack table. There is a reason why Prairie Meadows is so successful. All right. I have won money there a lot. Uh, not like uh, oodles. Yeah. But enough to more work. More they, often than you haven't been shut out. No. Okay. You know, last night I was. <laughs> well, that means Prairie Meadows did their job. <laughs> Darn right. They got some of their money back that they gave me. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, but you do have a chance at winning some pretty good money there. They, they, they treat you pretty good. What, uh, what are the, what's the floor like with masks and things like that? You I have mean, to keep your mask on. When you're at the table? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then you show your mask, like when you walk up to the escalators, you're going to go upstairs. Yeah. AJ's is down on the bottom level. Yeah. And then you go up the escalators and you're going to go to your left. That's mm. where the tables are. Um, but they have you take your mask down so they can see your face. And then oh, you put so your mask back up. Because some people go. like me look like we're 12 and we, they want to ID me. Either that or they want the camera to see you. Interesting. I think that's so they have a video of you and your face. Interesting. Because okay. Think about that. It's just like masked, you know, masked arm, some masked arm mask guy could walk in there, and if they don't have him pull his mask down, it, they could. I'm sure there's some sort of face recognition technology up in the sky has to be. at every casino, including, including Prairie Meadows, uh, for that exact purpose. I Listen, I am not smart enough to cheat. Mm-mm. I, <laughs> neither am I. And usually, I am a casino's best friend. Because I have a buddy of mine. He's a pretty aggressive card player. Okay. And I, and I one time went with him to the poker room, and I wasn't going to play. I was going to walk around while he went and play poker for a couple hours, whatever. And I'm like, you want to get a drink? And he said, no. And mm-hmm. I said, what are you talking about? It's Friday night at 7 p.m. He's like, I don't drink when I gamble. And I am the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> they see, they see oh. wicked. <laughs> Let's go! They see, I, they see you come in with a smile on your face, and they go, hey, look. There's the alcoholic. That's the guy right there. <laughs> that's him. That's a, there. We the, got that guy. <laughs> that's our that's our moneymaker right there. Now I don't have a ton of money, and I don't. I, I have my limit and and whatnot that I'm going to lose because I go into I go to a casino anticipating that I'm going to lose. You know, I know how to play blackjack. I know the book pretty well. Um, I like to have fun, and as long as the table is cool, you know, you get that one guy who's playing. Listen, if you're playing against a bunch of people at a $5 table mm-hmm. and everybody's doing shots or drinking and you're the one guy, you know, you're at a $5 table. Calm down, Mr. Play by the yeah. Book. If I want to hit on a hard 16, I'm going to hit a hard 16 or whatever. You know what I mean? I know what you're talking about, but here's something I wanted to ha- throw you this way. Yeah. Uh, throw your way. Since you're a real big card player then. Uh, all right. Yeah, right. Let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay, there's two things I want to ask you. The first one is, um, what is table courtesy because i've been yelled at about that before it's like hey buddy table courtesy um there's a lot that goes into table courtesy and again it, it kind of depends if you're playing in a, there's it, i feel like there's more at a high roller table than there is at a five dollar table you know what i mean like if sure. you're in the vip room and you're playing a hundred dollars a hand or whatever minimum 50 bucks a hand you have to play more by the book for the most part mm-hmm. you you know splitting fours, which is stupid anyway, right. but splitting, doubling down against the, way the, against the way the book would tell you to do it, is I would be upset if I'm playing by the book at $100 a hand. If I'm playing five bucks a hand, I can't get mad at you. You're playing your hand. I'm playing my hand. I can get up and go away. But mm-hmm. I believe the higher up you move in the ladder of, of the pot or the bet, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like there's more decorum. Okay. I feel like there is. The other question I had. Um, yeah. I was walking up to a table one time, and there was one person on the table. Yeah. With the dealer. Who, and I was who standing chooses there. to do that? Okay. You don't want to play one-on-one against the dealer. Thank you. No. So I'm trying to get on the table. He says no. And the lady is, the lady is playing. And they're just playing. And they wouldn't let me on the table. Sometimes people who are so locked in don't want you getting in on the shoe. I see. They don't want... And, and oftentimes, I will see guys who will say, I'll wait, they'll put their money down, but they sit out till the end of the shoe. So, and they watch it, and, and in their head, they think they know what they're doing. But most of us are there to have fun. Well, and that's what I was thinking. What, was, then, the, what was the table? Was it a $5 table? Was it a $20 table? It was table? a $5 table. Some don't take gal, yourself so some seriously. Some gal had bought the table, Ooh, apparently, man. is what some guy told me. Yeah, she must have bought she the table. She bought the table? What is, yeah, so I, did she, I was don't she, know. I don't know. Can you buy all five slots and you play six hands? So that's you, fun. No, so that's expensive. You, what do you do? Do you lay down like ten bucks each spot, or I mean, I didn't get that. I've at all. played two hands at once before. Okay, I've well, done that. That's fun. Yeah. The cool part about when you play two hands, you lose twice as fast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's really it. <laughs> So we'll have a whole Kentucky Derby preview show next week. I'm excited about because that Because I love the Derby. I'll tell you more about it. We'll talk more about it coming up next. Player. It's a good choice, J.D. Oh, you're on it's a really good choice. 1350 ESPN. Crank it up. Nostalgia right here. I am. Nostalgia. I'm so feeling it right now. I need a hat. I, there was a, a good period where I would go to, uh, and I'm Mike Wicket, that's J.D. Justice here on Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN in Des Moines. There was a time when I would go to a friend's derby party, and they would host it, this couple who lived in Milwaukee, and sure. they would host this legendary party. And as time goes on, everybody moves, has kids, gets old, can't handle it anymore. Uh, basically, his mint juleps were... A bucket, the big Gatorade bucket, sure. with just a bunch of Maker's Mark poured in, and a. <laughs> and, <laughs> you gotta spike it with and, what's really good. And like a, a one thing of mint leaf, just a one giant mint leaf dropped in. That was his right. mint julep. But I love the Kentucky Derby, man. And like we got married in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and the Saturday after our wedding, we got married on a Thursday, and the Saturday was the Kentucky Derby. So we had a Kentucky cool. Derby party with a lot of the people that would go to that party in Las sure. Vegas where we got married. Okay. I want to go to the Derby so bad. It is one of my... Bu- we were going to go. I've got a good friend. She is in Louisville. She is on the committee. She's in the she's in the long dresses every, like for six days a week during leading up to it. Like it's She's on the committee. She's like the queen or whatever. I don't even know. She's like, you guys should come to the Derby. So that'd be great. She'll take care of you and put you, on, you know, in the pass and get you passes or whatever. And then we got pregnant. And then we got pregnant again. Ruined every chance of going to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Here's the good news. Yeah. You're only 40. Ugh. You've got 10 years before you're even 50. Right. right? So your kids are going to get to a certain age where they stay with the grandparents. Or They're Janie. old enough. Or you. Yeah, well, you pay me <laughs> enough. I just let them do what they want. That's fine. Give them all the sugar they want. <laughs> no. That's one. How do you think I babysit my grandson? Good, good point. Yeah. Good point. I'll tell my daughter that. I'd like sugar to get. Thing. I would definitely like to go. Uh, the fact that I get to go to Prairie Meadows is like a, a nice little, you know, 
uh, it's, a, it's not quite going to the Derby, right. but being there for Derby weekend is going to be cool next week. I'll talk more about that. We'll have the Derby draw. We'll have day one of the draft in the books. We've got all kinds of stuff coming your way. The show moves to uh, noon next Friday. You can watch it on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page or listen to us on 1350 ESPN. My name is Mike Wickett. That is J.D. Justice. Thanks to Pete Sweeney for joining us. Have yourself a great weekend.